It's Bianca Del Rio, and we are here with another episode of the Bianca Del Rio podcast. And today, we have a treat for you. We've got a guy who is probably the nicest and just as talented man that I know. Basically, he is equally talented and kind, and he goes by the name of Cheyenne Jackson. Now, before you get excited, I know you gay listeners are like, ooh, but this man is the shit. And not only is he pretty to look at, but he's also talented, kind, genuine, humble, sweet, down to earth, basically the opposite of me. A man who's done film, television, Broadway, says that his biggest accomplishment is home life with his husband and two adorable kids. Don't you hate him? But let me just run some of his credits so you get an idea. In theater, he's done Damn Yankees on Broadway, Thoroughly Modern Millie, originated the role of Matthew in Altar Boys, Damn Yankees, Finian Rainbow, The Performers, The Heart of the Matter, Film Career. He's done everything. Curiosity, Hysteria, Smile, The Green, Lola Versus, Mutual Friends. Not to mention television, 30 Rock, Glee, Lipstick Jungle, Ugly Betty, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He gets around, and rightfully so. I had the chance to sit down and chat with him, and what's great is that he even turned the tables on me and wanted to ask me a few questions, because Mr. Cheyenne is a huge Drag Race fan. So take a listen to our little journey. And here we are now with our fabulous guest, Mr. Cheyenne Jackson. How are you, Mr. Cheyenne? I'm good, Bianca. How are you? I'm alive. I just got the vaccine this yesterday or the day mm. before, and I the first, feel the first one, second one. So oh, I am nice. I'm feeling kind of loopy, but I, I'm not mad at it. You know. Yeah. And, and where do you stand on this whole vaccine? Have you had yours yet? Yep, I'm I'm double vaxxed oh. uh, as of about three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got I got Moderna, and uh, yeah, I feel great. I feel, See, mostly it's mental. Mental, like, I was yes. about to say. You just feel yeah. better. And somebody said that um, I should have done the Johnson & Johnson because if I did the, Madonna, the Moderna, I'd turn out to look like Madonna, which is not really <laughs> good work if you've seen her lately. But that's a whole nother story. Well, oh, I'm just, uh, I'll tell you, it's like, when did it, where did it go wrong? I don't you know, know what's happening. I, I'm just going to pretend that it's filters and mm -hmm. that I'm just, I, because I'm, I just want there to be another great album i want yes. her to you know i want her to, to collaborate with, with sia or somebody like unexpected uh, and just come out with some great fucking pop music we're ready for it i yeah i don't know i'm just pretending right now is just like quarantine that, fillers and that she's making uh, or, it happen filters yeah we can only hope that she comes back with the album remember Cher came back with believe and every fag was like yes yes Cher! you know and it yes. was good and Cher wore it to death and i go that's yes. a good bitch you know yes. do, do yes. it give the people what they want i would love it if madonna would do the greatest hits tour or that type of thing because there's the catalog the musical catalog is kind of insane you it's know? insane no i know i'm with you come yeah. on madge and I also love, I think what's funny about Madonna, I love all her ballads. Her ballads are my favorite more than the, the pop music. It's like, those are really great ballads. She's a, she's a great songwriter. I See? love, yeah, yeah. Frozen, yeah. I love all that. 
Now, maybe she'll come to the show now. Now, I, uh, of course, I know you, which is so crazy. We'll get into that in a minute. But currently, you're on this new show that is on television called Call Me Cat that yep. is out there in the world. And it's saving people while they're home in isolation to be entertained with a fucking comedy. Thank you, Jesus. We've all seen yes. everything on Netflix. Yep. How did how did this come about? You know, how did how did where were you? What was the deal? And what made you say, hey, I'm going to star in a sitcom now? I have been I actually. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's a good question. I've actually been wanting to do a uh, multicam for a long time. I've tried mm-hmm. for about nine seasons oh, wow. and I wanted something light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, co- I've come off of four really heavy years of American Horror Story, which yes. I love. But. Um, I think having kids and also just the schedule, I was like, if I could get on a funny multicam and I could get home in time to put my kids to bed, I just yeah. feel like it would be perfect. And so right. h- how it happened was I was in uh, New York. I just finished shooting a movie and we and I was uh, doing a concert in DC. And I got a call from the showrunner or from my agent saying, the showrunner wants to talk to you about this. This has never happened to me in my career. Oh, but this is fancy. Um, I'm loving it already. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, wait. So uh, And so they she talked to me about this show and said, we're, you know, I thought, oh, wow, there's some actual major interest in me for this. Yeah. So I read it. Um, and it was to play opposite Mayim Bialik, who I oh, We all love. We adore. all love. Yes. We are six months apart in age to the day. Are you kidding me? No. And I had to kind of backpedal my super fandom when I met her because it's a little creepy. But yes. um, yeah, so I had, a, I had a chemistry read with her. I was in New York. She was in L.A. I worked really hard on this audition. Um, it, those, these, these things via Zoom, as you know, were always kind of weird. So yes. I, I did my stuff. And then at the end, she was out of frame and she just went like, uh, Did you shake yourself? Did you go like, and this then, is good? This is good. And yeah. then I uh, heard good feedback and then it was down to me and two other guys. Um, and then I went to uh, uh, home. My movie was down. I went back to LA and then we had a, uh, a screen test. Yeah. And it was just, there was something about her. She well, walked she, by and I, I got butterflies. She is... She's the best. She's half. She's half ninja. She's. <laughs> we like that. She's half com- half computer. Uh huh. Um, we like that. She her brain works f- so fast. It's yeah. it's one of the one of the few people. And I'm not blowing smoke, but you're one of those people. Michelle Collins is one of those. people. Oh, Michelle's amazing. Yes. People whose brains work Keep faster yes. than mine. That's yes. who I want to be around because then that makes me rise. And yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And also that she was the young Bette Midler in Beaches, for Christ's sake. I mean, working with Lainey Kazan, my favorite thing is I when mean, Lainey Kazan is dragging her on that beach. camel? That's Skedaddle. it! Yes. I was dying! <laughs> it's so funny, when uh, Lainey Kazan was actually one of the judges on Drag Race once when I was there, and, you know, they say, this is Lainey Kazan, and everybody's like, oh, she's wonderful, she was in, you know, my big fat Greek wedding. I'm like, no, no, no. She was Barbara Streisand's understudy and funny girl. Let's talk about yes. this. Let's get facts yes. together. Yes, So yes, I'm like, yes. that's where I I know her from lust yes. in the dust that's where lust i know her from <laughs> yes <divine>. yes <laughs> and tab hunter that was and wild tab hunter that's right that's yes. right oh um, he was beautiful he was beautiful um but also to work with swoosie kurtz who oh, i've loved amazing for, it, absolute legend uh leslie jordan who i've known oh. for a decade yes that's what I, I told leslie i'm like honey you're the only one i know who 2020 was the best year of your life. <laughs> completely, completely. He's like, he, I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, and uh, just this wonderful, wonderful cast, you know, Julian and, and Kyla. So it's been, it's been great. Absolutely well, think, wonderful. 
What I think was pretty amazing about your career is that I mean, even in what you were discussing is that you're talking about you were doing a television show with Ryan Murphy and then you were doing yep. a film, then you were doing your concert and then, you know, it's like you're multi-talented, which is not the case with many people that are on television today. <laughs> but I'm always impressed with people that come from the theater that get the exposure and get out there. Mm. You know, Chenoweth is one of them as well that you mm. see her in lots of, you know, television work and everything. And I'm like, the crossover thing, it's great to see it happen and it's also great to see it happen for a, a gay man, you know? because the opportunities are dry you know maybe i yes 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 all of those things i've always wanted to cross over i started late yeah late and you know i started at 27 is when i moved to new york and and didn't go to college and so i really had to uh hit the ground running and it was actually rue rue is is one of my mentors yes and oh god she told me early on um I've known her for so long. She she said, you have to embrace what makes, you know, everybody says, be yourself. Everybody yeah. says, be you. But in, in in particular, me, I look the way I do, but I'm not the way you think I am. There's so, more to it. Yeah, there's more well, yeah, to it. Well, that is to say, like, I, I spent so many years banging my head against the wall trying to play, like, the lawyer and the doctor on Law yeah. & Order and all this kind of things. That's not me. Yeah. And, and, and Ruth said, you have to embrace you're weird. You're you're the way you the way you come at comedy. And once I started to kind of make that little uh, shift a couple yeah. of years ago, it just things started clicking much better. So, Isn't that amazing though? Isn't that amazing yeah. that at 27 you left an ad agency? Was that the case? Mm-hmm. Was that what you were doing? And just decide yeah. I'm going to do this. Did did you even consider or act in any high school plays or any of that madness? Was that like the pregame? And then you're like, let me be serious and let me go and get a real job and do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I did I did theater in high school. I okay. did uh, I did you know local community theater productions. I became I became like a big musical theater star in Seattle. Brilliant. And I kind of did everything I could do in Seattle. But um, time was ticking, and I thought I still haven't moved to New York. I'm yeah. 27. I can't compete with all these guys straight out of Juilliard. I don't know right. how to do a fucking time step. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I kind of counted myself out, and then. Um, Two things happened. 9-11 happened, and mm. then um, we had a death in our family, my brother's little girl. And oh, no. both of those things, as we all know in life, it just, it, it, it changed everything. And I realized yes. how finite life is, and I, want to, I wanted to do it. I wanted to make it happen. So I knew one person in New York, and uh, he always said if I ever moved there, um, he would hook me up with his agent, and he did. The rest I is moved, history. And I was like... Hey, I'm here. Yeah. He hooked me up and I within three weeks I was in a Broadway show and it was Three um, weeks. Yeah. Three fucking weeks. All right. Yeah. All right. What were you doing in three weeks? This is this, this uh, is thoroughly like, thoroughly modern Millie. Wait, you were in that was your first show on Broadway. Yeah. That's crazy pants. Yeah. Well, yes. you know that I, I worked at Barbara Matera, the costume company, and yes. I have uh, when the company closed, I, I inherited all the Bibles from different shows. So mm. Marty Pacladinas, who designed all of that, I have yep. like all of the sketches, all the stuff, and there's actually fitting photos in there of you. And I can't believe that was your first show. I'm like, oh, this first dude's show. been around for a long time. That's no, amazing. I got yes, it was they needed some Somebody who could, I was the first replacement, so they needed somebody okay. who could understudy Mark Kudish, who was yes. a low baritone, and then Gavin Creel, who was a high tenor. So you needed to look kind of old and kind yeah. of young. That's me. <laughs> and sing, sing high and sing low. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I, I remember those little Barbara Materas, uh, like 
per- beautifully stitched oh, yes. things the on labels. the inside of our- Yeah, yes. the labels and everything. And so when I had worked there, um, all these shows that were there, it was kind of crazy because that was kind of my connection. Also being a fan of Broadway is that you get to see all of the people coming in, you know, and it's not a, a fan opportunity, but sometimes yeah. you do freak out when you're standing next to Cheetah Rivera. You do kind of yeah. shit yourself when Angela Lansbury is there. You're like, come <sighs> on now. That makes work the best, right? Broadway. I know, There's it's nothing- wild. It was 13 years of my life. I did, I think, eight, seven or eight shows. And it was just heaven to would be. You ever, to be, Would you ever go back? Yeah, I flirt with something at least once a year. Something yeah. comes to me that I could possibly do. But now my kids are almost five. Oh. Um, we are set here. You know, my yeah. mother-in-law lives with us. Um, it would have to be something extraordinary and something that was really just like, maybe like a limited a, run somewhere, but yeah, I mean, but the, for sure, it's my first love. I, I mean, let's get Broadway back and running and get everybody back into the swing. And then um, it, it has been absolutely just devastating for everybody. But I mean, for an industry like Broadway, I mean, yeah. with so many people's jobs, thousands of people's and all of those restaurants. So it does seem like there is a proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, with the new announcements that things yeah. in September will be opening up. Which I is, can't imagine a show right now going and sitting in a show right next to people and laughing and I don't know I think we're going to see masks for a really long time but it does it does feel positive yes, for the first I mean, time in a long time yeah, it, it does seem, especially since I've been seeing, especially other countries that have been doing well. I mean, I'm like, why can't we be like Australia? Oh, if I see another fag with a video of them dancing a Lady Gaga in a club with no mask on, I'm going to kill them all. Do you understand? Don't rub I it know. in my face. Don't they rub it in my it face. They shut it down like you were supposed to. They, they did it the right way at the beginning. But in America, we have rights. We have rights. Don't take away my uh, mask. Oh, girl. Don't bye. you tell me what to do. That <laughs> yeah. has been the hardest thing. I don't know about you, but my family, it's been like with Trump and the mm. election, and mm-hmm. then the pandemic, unfortunately, which became so politicized, it has driven a fucking rift between our family. And we're all just kind of picking up the pieces. We're having a party here. Are there going to be masks? Well, maybe not. I don't, mm. I mean, I'm like, I Every, shut that shit down. As you should. Me. I mean, you're a dad with kids. It's like, come on, just do it. What's the problem? Yeah, I, it's I'm, not, it's not political. It's science. And I just, it's, oh, my brain. Yeah, no, I totally feel you. I totally feel you. So here it is, you know, you're on Broadway, you're doing uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie, and, you know, you've done Damn Yankees, you've done Xanadu, Finian's Rainbow, which I saw, because we also made Miss Baldwin's gowns for that. Mm. Um, God, I she forgot. looked gorgeous in that. She was so beautiful. What a beautiful mm. skin that woman has. I tell you, I saw her in Hello, Dolly. I'm like, she is, like, gorgeous. Not one not one poor. Nope. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. I always have a fondness for redheads. But, you know, you've done all this stuff on Broadway, and then... You know, what's the transition to get you out of Broadway? What took you and said, hey, this is a good thing? What was the new shiny object that said, hello, I'm Cheyenne, I need to do it? Uh, I was, well, Broadway is a grind. Mm-hmm. And doing eight, eight shows a week of anything, whether it's a play or a musical, takes everything you have. Your whole entire day is focused on those four hours of the night. So you yep. have to save and preserve and conserve. And I had done everything that I wanted to do. Uh, up to that point. And then I just really was interested in seeing what it would be like to be on television. So at first I took uh, an on-camera class oh. to see what I even look like on yeah. camera. And it was atrocious. <laughs> what, what, you, what you think you are doing and what you think you look like. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I already have a big face with big features and lots of exaggeration. And so seeing it on camera, it was, I learned 
<laughs> pull back, pull back. Re- recalibrate. Well, yeah, in the theater, if you have to convey something and it's yeah. in the back row. So I, uh, I really, I didn't go to school and I didn't go to acting school in a sense, you know, for working on, on Broadway. But when it came time to calibrate for television, I needed to call in the big guns. So I got some great teachers and then kind of just put it out there into the world. Um, then actually I was doing Damn Yankees that you mm-hmm. mentioned with uh, Jane Krakowski. Who's amazing. And Sean Hayes and Tina Fey came to the show oh. and to visit Jane. And she backstage um, afterwards said, asked that she wanted to meet me. And she said, I like your big Midwestern face <laughs> and, your, and your comic timing. Um, I have this part on 30 Rock. I just would like to gauge your interest. Okay, so I I think we know what's going to happen. Immediately, you're like, well, fuck this. Yeah, I got this. I'm doing it. Sure. Done. I mean, it was yeah. like, it might gauge my interest. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. L- fortunately for me, uh, the part that was written was somebody who had never done television before, who Brilliant. was scared shitless, Brilliant. Um, was like naturally kind of puppy dog, gullible seeming, and I was all those things naturally. Yeah. Um, and it was a wonderful way to learn. I didn't know how to hit a mark. I didn't know how camera right, camera left. And I learned yeah. from the pros. I mean, Alec Baldwin was my was wow. my mentor on that, and he was intense and he was brilliant. And it was um, it was a great way to learn. So that, that's pretty amazing. I mean, to, to your first television thing is Thirty Rock. How like yep. how? I, come on now, this is like a great success story. You know, I haven't heard well, a good story like this since maybe. <laughs> Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett has a good story <laughs> where you go, all right, Carol, that's pretty well, amazing. The problem, yes, absolutely. And that's not lost on me. But the problem is you start with something that is that critically and commercially successful. Yeah. Everything else paled in comparison. The writing yeah. and the casting, I was always trying to find that next thing. And I really had to find what it is that I do. So, yeah, I mean, I took, I did nine pilots in nine years. Nothing ever wow. went. Um, and just started honing my craft and just trying to trying to keep at it. I mean, you mentioned diversifying. I think that's in this day and age with how much content there is. My biggest thing is I just want to uh, surprise myself sure. and to um, challenge myself. If challenge. I don't know how to do something, I want to fucking figure it out. So yes. I say yes. I say yes to almost everything. You did um, this podcast. Hello. To- <laughs> 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 Apparently, you're not too picky. <laughs> oh, touche. No, um, I. Uh, I think it's important. You you never know where you're going to learn, and and you never know where there's going to be a, a special nugget somewhere where you can say, oh, I, I didn't think I think I was going to need that, or or what connection is going to lead to what, like. Right. I leave on Monday for Budapest to do this new film uh, called Borderlands. And mm-hmm. it's a big Lionsgate movie with Kate Blanchett and Jack oh. Black and Jamie Lee Curtis and, oh. and, and Kevin Hart. Okay. And that happened because two of the producers, one of them would, uh, worked on The Watchmen on uh-huh. HBO, which I had a few episodes on. And then another one uh, was a producer on The Morning Show. I don't know if you see the Apple yeah, show yeah, 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 with yeah, yeah. Uh, Reese I yeah. literally played the singer at the party. And, and but you never so you never know who you're going to meet and what is going to lead to what. And so Jerry Orbach, remember yes. the great I know okay. Jerry Orbach, yes. 
Yes. Jeremy Bark so was, I, uh, was a, a, a Lumiere uh, in the cartoon version, and he also was in the original Fantastics, and he was Billy Flynn. Yeah, yeah. And 42nd he was on, Street, right. What, uh, what, um, what was the show? Is it, it wasn't Law and Order. Which one was it that he yes. was the nasty? It was yes. a Law and Order. Okay. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah. Uh-huh. So he was my neighbor in New are York you, in my first apartment. Are you kidding? In my, our first building. Okay. Yeah, 53rd You're and You're just Main. name dropping and giving the story. <laughs> I mean, this is just like blah, 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 I, blah. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in mentors and I love to, to I love I love to learn from people who have done it before. So sure. whether it's Jerry Orbach or um, Tony Roberts mm-hmm. and Xanadu. Yes. Uh, I just they're the ones that have the that have the goods. Yeah. Um, and Jerry Orbach said, you know, say yes to everything if you can, mm-hmm. learn from everybody, show up on time. And if you're actually on time, you're actually late. So, and I think, you know, us in the theater, I remember watching you on Drag Race and you could tell that you had a different work ethic. And I found out later that you obviously have this, you know, this background working behind the the seams. Yeah, completely. (laughs) But theater people are different. Completely. You you just are. I I can show up to a a show and the costumer will be like, I can tell you've done theater because you hang up your costumes when you're (laughs) done. It's true. It's true. Do do people just throw their shit around? I can't even imagine. Isn't that amazing? TV people are assholes, I tell you. (laughs) But we're going to take a short break and hear a word from our sponsors. And we'll be back with Cheyenne Jackson as we discuss the people that we hate in theater. Or TV. TV, I mean TV. TV. And now we're back with Cheyenne, and he was just saying how he hates people that throw colors on the floor, and I completely agree. But it is a different, it is a different mindset, I think, and it's such preparation. And I think because you literally have to do it live every night in the theater, yeah. as we say. And one of the things yeah. I heard once from the amazing Cheetah Rivera, who I mentioned mm. earlier, one night I saw, well, I saw her ten times in Spider Woman in 1993. Mm. Okay, come on, <sighs> there is, there is, uh, there is no way of explaining it. And she, uh, after that, I got to know her makeup artist by that woman by the name of Kate Best, who was lovely. And one night I was talking to Cheetah, uh, and I said, how do you do this? Like, I think she had done the Easter bonnet thing uh, in between shows. She had a matinee, did this Easter bonnet thing, and then was coming to do an evening show. Some shit was happening. And she just traveled back in. She's there. And I said, how do you do this every night? She goes, every night you have to prove that you deserve to be there. Because Ooh. someone is in the audience is going to go, mm, Cheetah Rivera didn't kick too high. You know, she kicked better in 1959. And it's wow. like, this woman at the time was in her 60s. I mean, turning the party. If anybody who's listening, yep. take a minute, go to YouTube, look up Cheetah Rivera, Kiss of the Spider Woman, you will sit back in fucking amazement. And that, to me, is the epitome of it all. You know, that's that's a star. That's a woman who has... Amen. I mean, you watch a show with her in it, you ain't looking at nobody but her. And and that's and that's, right. that's the amazing thing about, I think what's great about uh, theater, but then when you're dealing with television, as you were saying, it's a whole other element. It's a whole different ball of wax. I mean, the camera work and all that madness. So did you, after going to classes, did you feel comfortable? I mean, obviously you feel comfortable with it now. Do you find that there's a huge difference between your television situations into film? Uh, yeah, it definitely took a while to get used to all of the different mediums. Uh, you, you know, I had a teacher early on, Larry Moss, who said, um, if you think it, the camera yeah. will catch it. You can oh. do, we all we all can watch a movie and watch even the the greatest. You can watch them like drop in mm-hmm. and then like for a second they're kind of like maybe not fully and then there they are again. Yeah. It happens to everybody and it's just a matter of finding those moments. 
knowing that if you are legitimately having the thought and in this character, it's going to come across. Um, I love the art form. I love, um, in film, I love the time that you Mm -hmm. get to really create a character. Yeah. Dig deep. Uh, Television, what I love is the pace. Yeah. You have to learn a shit ton of dialogue. You have to make a choice quickly. You got to be bold, especially on a sitcom. I, I had never, I'd only done... Of sitcoms, I, all I had ever done was one episode of Will and Grace before I did Call Me Cat. So yeah. I was used to single camera. I was used to very naturalistic acting. And then, you know, here's like Leslie Camp. Jordan and, and Maya Bialik and everybody's like, here we oh. are. <laughs> I'm like, am I too small? I mean, I've yes. never been... I've never been like the one that they need to bump up. Right. But um, yeah, it's really, it's a fascinating, wonderful thing. I just love to learn everybody's tricks. Yeah. I love to watch Swoosie Kurtz in the corner um, and see how she prepares. I love um, to watch, Mayim has uh, uh, one of those, um, uh, when you can just look at a paper and just like, oh, uh, Oh, 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 uh, photographic uh, memory. Yeah. She said it's not that, but it is because yeah. I've seen her look at di- paragraphs and go, "Okay, mm-hmm. got it, got it." Yeah, <laughs> you know who else? You know who else does it that scared the shit out of me was uh, Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch, oh. who I love oh. dearly, and she did a movie with me. And I, the, the coolest lady in the world. First of all, so fucking funny. But this bitch, I mean, because I'm thinking I'm coming from the theater. I'm, I've never done yep. a movie. I'm thinking I got to yep. read the whole script, know every scene, every word. And here yep. she is. She would just take it and go blip 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 blip, put it down. And I was like, "How do you do that?" She goes, "Learn." Learn how to do it. She goes, because you just need it for that moment in when yep. you're filming, and then it's out yep. of your head and we're never going to go right. back again. And it was That's great right. advice. She was brilliant. And I know that she did uh, one of your music videos with you uh, for your single before is, you. <laughs> Rachel is a dear, dear friend. We've known each other for 15 years. She's been my date to maybe 10 <laughs> openings, and yeah. we've gone to fashion shows together, and she is... She's the best. She she's is just truly one, the one best. of my favorite people. But she's right. You, you don't have to know it forever. You have to yeah. know it for that moment. I always right. think of it like my brain is like an Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. Remember that yeah, toy yeah, yeah. from the 80s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you shake it too hard and everything goes away. So I'm like, okay, but it's a, I'm full. Okay, yeah, I got it. Got it. Let's roll. Let's roll. And then it's you just, wild. Ah. And then it's done. done and you move on. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty wild. I mean, once she set the standard for me, I was like, all right, well, this is kind of good because I'm not really used to dealing with scripted material on that level. So I thought this yeah. is kind of wild and it's also intimidating at first, but you know, she was on Saturday Night Live where she's reading shit from 30 feet away that I'm like, That's a whole Girl. different thing. That's a, now her and Anna and all of there. That's an incredible, incredible skill. Yeah. It, it's pretty Absolutely. wild. Now I must tell you on a personal level, I, I don't know if many people know this, but I met Cheyenne. We were doing doing for uh what was the is it he- uh, Hedrick Martin um event that was happening at that restaurant that fancy restaurant that looks like an old bank and you oh, were there uh, with C- Seth Cipriani? that's it and you yes. were there with uh Seth and you were going to sing a song and I was supposed to be the auctioneer I don't know how I got involved in this and they said we need you to auction off some items and they sat us all at a table and that's where we first chatted and said hello and cutting up and you were so nice and so kind and I thought what a nice what a nice man then you got up and sang I'm like oh what a nice man with a great voice what an asshole like you've got it all but you were so nice that night and every time I've seen you since you've always been so pleasant and so kind and I have to say that's like one of the best things when you meet people that are talented and nice it's great and I always say you know you can't let your bullshit outweigh your talent and that's sadly a lot of people that I have met you know where look I I deal with drag queens it's like if you're bullshit, your bullshit should never be more than your talent. And I thought, Amen. what a down to earth 
nice guy. Down to earth, nice every time I saw you. Hello. And, you know, we're not even going to talk about your husband and the kids because you saved me on Instagram. <laughs> you know, you really, really do uh, because, I, you know, my Instagram is full of drag queens, uh, naked men. And it. then it's it. And then it's you and your family. And I'm like, look at the picture. Oh, look at Willow. Well, look at all, Ethan. <laughs> we have known each other a long time. And I thank you for saying that. I just don't want to work with assholes. Yeah. And I don't want to be an asshole. And I think life is too short. We've all had those experiences where, yeah, you'll be with somebody who is this monstrous talent, but then they're just a fucking asshole to be around. And it Mm -hmm. makes, it drags everything down. So I really, really try to treat people like I want to be treated. And I've always felt the same thing from you. And I have, you know, I have been a fan of yours forever. Back when you had little tiny eyelashes and you were doing drag bingo. And I That's the telltale sign. If you Now it's like I started out with, with drugstore lashes and now I'm like raccoon. It is just this, this, this amount that gets there. I don't know. I just keep adding more and more. But that's I the, I also. Ask, yeah. Go ahead. No, no I want to ask. I know, I know this is your podcast, but I'm oh, very you can ask fascinated away. because, well, how has this been for you who you're. You are known, you are you tour everywhere, and that's a yeah. huge source of your income. And that yeah. is like you sell out. I saw you downtown, and you so it was so sold fucking out. So, like, Thank God. what has that been like in this last year and a half Ooh, to have mine? all that should go away? Well, it's a mind fuck. I mean, first of all, and I mean, you know how it is. Anytime you're in the moment and you're on the stage and you're doing what you're doing and then you're schlepping to the next city, you know, when you're touring and you're doing it night after night and you never think it's going to end. You want it to end because you're like, this is difficult, but I'm plowing through it. And then when it all stops, you go, am I ever going to have it again? Is it ever going to work out? Like, oh, are people going to remember in a year? Um, And I think I spent the whole, I think the first few months going, we're going to be good. This will happen. Six months, six months top, seven months, eight months, nine months. And then it started to get a little scary because I thought, what am I, what am I doing? I like to have projects, like to have things to do. And I was lucky enough to move into a home that I bought in Palm Springs right at the top of the pandemic. So I was in this house wow. with no furniture, no nothing. So that kept me busy for a couple of months, uh, just ordering shit on, I know there's a pandemic, but I need a couch. So I'm ordering yeah. shit online and trying to get my life settled. But then uh, that's when the whole podcast thing started. Cause I was like, I need to find an outlet. I need to do something. Uh, mm. if, even if it's not on the same level, as I watch each month, everything gets pushed back. You know, they're like, okay, well we may do this chunk. We may do a tour. We may do a show. Like right now I'm supposed to go to Tel Aviv in uh, July and I'm hoping it all works out yeah. you know I, um, yeah. I mean they they're very strict with their policy and all this madness but I also like you don't want to go into a situation where it's a you know spaced out venue where it's half half the audience uh, you can't do yeah. meet and greets and it's not really the best thing for comedy so it's just been wild I've been kind of sitting back and waiting and drinking yeah. and eating you know as yeah. everyone else has yeah <laughs> I want to ask also about your comedy because so I know everybody knows your kind of comedy and you are, you know, as a self-proclaimed insult comic. Yeah. And, you know, in the vein of Joan Rivers, God rest her soul. God, yes. I wish she was here right now I to know. talk about the state of this world and Trump I know. And, the, and the world. But Don Rickles. And so with everything that has been happening, I wonder just it, it, the social movement and every, and the cancel culture and stuff, somebody like you who is such an important voice to be able to still be acerbic and and go for the jugular, how do you think your comedy will change, or will it? Well, it's tricky. I, I think that's int- yeah. It, it's tricky. I think um, I think the element of being in 
this social media world is the tricky part. I think I'm grateful that I didn't grow up with social media. I'm thankful that I, I didn't, wasn't introduced to it till my late 30s. And even same. then, it didn't have the same effect on me as it does with everyone else. Um, I didn't ever thought that, oh, through social media, I could become a star or through a th- social media that anyone cared. I just didn't think. So I would do my shows after Drag Race. I just went on the road. I started doing it. And then you accumulate that audience that comes to see you. The difference is I don't put in print and I don't put on social media anywhere in a photo or a joke that is not going to work for the people that may see it. If you come to see me, you Hmm. know I'm a nasty bitch. You know what you're going to get. Because if you're not a nasty bitch, then you're upsetting the audience that paid to see you. You're in my land. You know, you're in my land. Whereas when it's something like Twitter, you're just asking for it, you know? So So I also... You don't don't tweet your shit out. You don't tweet... I can't. No, and I talked to Michelle Collins about this. It just, it's too tricky and too risky because someone's not going to like it. And it's, I don't have a problem with someone not liking it, but they have this thing, and I'm sure you've experienced it, is as a gay performer on any level, they put you on the pedestal and then they say, you've got a platform and you need to do the right thing and blah, 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 blah. And to me, that's crazy because anyone can get up there and discuss serious stuff and say, hey, I'm about this, this, and this. That's not me. You know, I'm about, you know, sucking dicks and drinking and talking about horrible things. That's just who I am. And I don't want to change for them. But I also know mm-hmm. the right place and the right time is how it, you know, what I, how I have to deal with it, you know, yeah. uh, because it's too tricky. Interesting. It's just too tricky. It is tricky. That's really good. I, thank you for opening up about that, because I was wondering, especially for you and Michelle, who's a, who's a good friend of mine. I know, and, yeah. and you guys kind of toe the same line. Yeah. Um, and... I just think it's so important to still have people who are critical thinkers and will say the thing. Yeah. Um, But you're right. And I am familiar with what you were talking about, how being put on a pedestal and Uh then everybody's throwing stuff at you Uh and like saying, say this, say that. Uh No, you didn't say it right. You got to say it that way and be more like this. and. Or you're, no, or I, you're too gay or not gay enough, and we need to role model. I'm like, girl, I am a drag queen. I am a no role model at all. We the, all, the, the gay community, I was so, it, it's just, it's so fascinating to me. The queer community really just, like, I got some pushback for playing a straight character on a How sitcom. dare you? I'm how like, dare you? I'm like, isn't this, wait a minute, isn't this progress that this isn't this wasn't even part of the conversation maybe it was part of the conversation yeah. but i still got the job like yeah. i just think it's people want to put you in a box i have never put myself in a box and i'm yep. certainly not going to let anybody else put me in one Agreed. so i just i think it is a it's a fascinating a fascinating time to be an entertainer and to have opinions well, it's also it's, crazy because they, you know, you run the risk, especially during the political time season where everybody was discussing anything, any celebrity that discussed politics. Shut up. You're a celebrity. Right, and then if you didn't, right. you're a celebrity. Use your platform. It's like you're fucked right. either way. How yeah. does it work? And not to mention you're going to offend someone. A group is not going to like this. I mean, it, it's so critical. And I and people are like, well, this is just what it is nowadays. I go, I don't think it's so much about people having so many different opinions, I just think that we hear more of the opinions because people are just sitting on their asses and just tweeting and twatting and, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram swiping, swiping, and swiping Instagram, and yeah. just looking for something. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. convinced the people that don't like me are never going to like me. So why do I even bother to entertain these fuckers? Half Come of on. them, I mean, 
half of them are just phantom people online. I don't even know who they are. Yeah. You know, they're- I mean, they're, Rue always says, your opinion of me is none of my business. And I have lived by that. I used to read the comments. I used to get really ooh. bent about stuff. I used to get ooh. back and forth. Rue's like, don't read that shit. Yeah. That, yeah. Is a, that is a road to no, you are not going to win. And yeah. it will never make you happy. Nope. It'll never make you happy. Nope. Do you watch um, the this, the seasons of all I, the, of, you, all, uh, mm. of Rue? Well, you know, it's very difficult for me to watch uh, only because once you've been behind the curtain, it's a very tricky thing to watch it as a person who was on the show. Not to mention, you know, I was season six. They're on like season 46 now. And it's a completely different show it's a completely different element so i'm i always mm. say i'm grateful i did it when i did it but on my off time the last thing i want to do is watch drag queen so what i mm. do is that's where the twitter comes in handy i get on the line and i see who's complaining about who and then i just jump on the bandwagon and make my assessment from there <laughs> because it doesn't really matter i don't have to watch it you know someone can yeah. just say she looks fierce then i just go what about her shoes and then i just turn off my phone yeah. and let them fight it out <laughs> that's the trick like i have i call my troll days where I wake up in the morning and I just go through Twitter and I just put like someone uh, detox is a friend of mine and she constantly p- yeah, posts. Love her. She's a good time. She constantly posts about um, her uh, her horoscope. So every day it gives a horoscope and it's ba 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 da 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 da. And I just respond okay to everything. So every day it's like <laughs> the world will be with you. You will find this and you will find love. Okay. So that's just been uh. my joke for her. So I troll all day, then I turn off my phone and let them and let the world fight it out or try to understand what yeah. I mean by it. Because for me, social media should be fun. I don't give, I don't want to hear your preachy story. I don't want to deal with your fundraiser. We got to pick and choose because every day there's something and I can't be, you know, Mother Teresa to everybody. So I just try to find what's going to work for me and then put that out there and try to make it fun because everything's not so fucking serious. I agree. Did you watch any of the, uh, I probably know the answer to this, the the UK one? I did see the The part of the first season. I did not watch the second, which I heard was really great. Uh, It was. I heard. I heard it was pretty amazing. I hadn't seen any of them, uh, any of the UK ones. I just, there's so much to watch anyway. Um, but I was, I had a lot of downtime on Call Me Cat and I was yeah. like, somebody said, one of the, one of the ADs was like, you should watch the UK version. And so I got my world of wonder out and I got uh-huh. my computer and then I was, and what I like about the UK Queens especially is that they're mostly all comedy Queens. Exactly. So because, because their humor is so dry, yep. like you got, you got to be able to hang. And so there's only a couple that are just like about the look. And I just, I really, it's good stuff. Well, you know, that's the whole thing about the UK, and that's probably how I look at drag a little different, because when I grew up in the drag scene in the 90s, you had to have an act. Wherever it was, you had to have an act. We didn't have social media to give you glamorous photos of us. We didn't have Photoshop, for Christ's sake. We had to pass out flyers and bring them to the (laughs) bars and pass them out that we had a show. That was before cell phones. I mean, you know, like if you said you're going to the show at 10 o'clock, you better be there, fucker, because there's no way you're going to get this taken care of. So I remember bringing in cassettes to play my lip sync oh, yes. songs to cassettes and I'd get a little pencil and wind it up to get the cued correctly and when you didn't have it on a cassette you'd have to bring in the vinyl and pray it wasn't a hot day in New Orleans because it would melt and then you would have CDs CDs was like the biggest pain in the ass early on so that was yeah. like the beginning of it so everybody had an act somebody was a singer somebody was a dancer somebody was the clown somebody was the yeah. gorgeous one uh, that was how it worked so I think the UK yeah. is very much the same where you had to have a skill set you had to have yeah. something to produce and it's not to say that the girls in america are not talented but i must say it is challenging to watch 
you know, basically mannequins wearing these extravagant, expensive costumes that are made for them that are ridiculously overpriced and saying, this is my aesthetic. I don't get it. You know, I can take one and that's Rue, but the rest of them I can't deal with because I'm going, right. this is what it's become. And, and it's, it's kind of, it, yes, it's definitely has changed a lot. You know, I've done on the show a lot. I continue yeah. to, I love all of them. I love Tom. I love Michelle. Oh, Tom's and great. it is interesting watching. Yeah. Tom Campbell's awesome. I, makes I me laugh. watching the new Queens come on and you, you, they know what it is going to potentially do for them. Right. And so they had, it's it, to see all of these, all like you said, the the they already have the dresses that everybody's already designed and made for them. They already have photo shoots ready. Uh -huh. it, it's just it's a whole it's a whole nother thing. thing. And yeah, what I'm fascinated by is thing. I say, all of that is amazing and all of that is great, but now there's, yeah. you know, two hundred of you. What's different? What's going to stand yeah. out? What's going to work? So I often say, and I, I often thank Rue. I'm like, thank God I did it when I did it. It was great timing. I had a great time. But to sit in it is kind of tragic for me because I'm the worst. I'm, mm. first of all, the most inpatient person. I'm trying to figure out, did she say that? Was that yesterday or was that today? When did they edit right, that? Right. I don't know. That doesn't look like it. And you can <laughs> never, you can never believe the drag queen because they are always full of shit. And what happens is they go on social media after, well, let me tell you what happened. They switched the lip sync song or this, my shoe broke. Or they didn't let me, girl, bye, get out of here. It's just, it's, it's the tomfoolery and fuckery. Just accept the fact that you did not win. That's how it works. Yeah. You know. You're good friends with Courtney still, right? In, in yes. Yeah, Courtney oh. and Adore. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I see Adore all the time, and I've, I've never gone up and said hi. I should. Oh, um, she would love it. But I see. Oh, I see her all the time. But Courtney, I absolutely love. I did a, I was doing a concert at uh, Disney Hall with with the uh, LA Phil ah. and she I brought her on as one of my guests and we sang the elephant love medley from Moulin Rouge and yes. I, I'm sure that half the crowd we didn't say who she was or where she yeah. came from they and everyone just assumed she was this beautiful woman I was singing with yeah. and it was that was my favorite thing about it and gosh she's so talented no, she's uh, the best. She really is. Well, we're going to take a short break and come back with yeah. Cheyenne Jackson as we discuss more people from Drag Race that we hate. And now we're back with Mr. Cheyenne Jackson, and we've been cackling about Miss Courtney Act and Miss Adore Delano because, as you can see, Cheyenne is a super fan. He knows his shit. He's got it together. Yep. But, you know, yep. I'm not going to spend the whole hour talking about drag queens. I want to talk about your musical career. And it's different than your musical mm. theater career because you've mm. got 20 careers going on here. And I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I mean, it's very Tyler Perry, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but, but with it, it's like... I didn't know this, and when I was doing research, I found out that you were a backup singer for Vanessa Williams and Heather Headley. That's a Wikipedia. Uh, Is that a makeup uh, thing? Are you kidding me? Well, okay, so I did sing backup, but you know the Broadway inspirational voices. Yes, Michael yes, McElroy. Yes. I was a part of that choir, and <gasps> so ah. they they came and sang, and we backed them up. But yeah, no, I I, I love to think of me like backing Wait, up I Liza Minnelli and Vanessa. <laughs> That's what I'm literally Everybody. thinking about in my head going. That's because no. that's what it says. That, no, 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 but no. this motherfucker, like y'all were on a cruise ship somewhere know. and you're hanging out with Vanessa and singing. Oh my God. Uh, talk about no. a gorgeous bitch, that Vanessa Williams. I mean, mm. get out of here. Get out of here. Absolutely. Beautiful. Now, the, when you were in New York, that you did your nightclub mm -hmm. debut at Feinstein's at the Lowe's Regency, with sold out one man show, which was called Back to the Start. Now, what mm. brought you to say, hey, I'm going to do this now as a musical I mean, as a musical performer, but kind of dealing with your music. How did that, how did that happen? 
Uh, actually, it was about, I think, almost nine years now. Uh, I became friends with Sia, oh. um, the great okay. singer, songwriter. Mm-hmm. And um, she had just gotten sober. We met on a photo shoot. And um, she took me to my first meeting, my first 12-step meeting, because I needed really? to get sober. I needed to quit drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I watched her life explode in so many ways. And we say, as we say in the, in, in the 12-step programs, it's, it's attraction rather than promotion. And I wanted, to, I wanted what she had. She had a peace. Yeah. She had a freedom. And I was in my head. I was in a crappy marriage. I was in so many, I was just not living my best life. And um, she took me to a couple, she goes, do you want to, you know, do you want to go and, and write with me, write music with me? I bet you have some songs in you. And I was like, right. uh, wait a minute, wait yes, a minute. I do. Yeah. I do have some songs in me. I actually do songwrite. I had never told anyone before. And so I sat in on some sessions and wrote some stuff with her. And I really found it to be the most cathartic, wonderful thing. Kind of like, almost like I, I realized I spoke a language that I didn't know I spoke. Yeah. And it was such a wonderful experience. So that kind of kicked off um, my concert and my cabaret career. Yeah. I never really was like a cabaret artist, but um, really my concert career and then songwriting. So I've continued to foster that and um, now I'm writing for other people and, and sending in things for, we have some stuff that are going to be in a couple things. So, I mean, music is always going to be my first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And whether it's seeing someone else's music or singing with symphonies or just writing songs and Creating sending it. them to other people to have them sing. It's um, it's my favorite thing. And my no, kids love it. I'm, oh, no, I've seen the videos. It's just too much. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, <laughs> oh, I can't. I, to bring it back to Drag Race, just because oh, everything okay, go goes ahead, back to Drag ahead. Race for me. <laughs> my kids, I, so I took them to uh, DragCon and they, okay. they, they love Lost drag it. queens. They call, the, they call them Yas Queens. Yas Queens? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but so they, as, as a baby, Ethan would say, yeah, he would say, is that a Yas queen? And I would just, <laughs> we thought it was so adorable, but we were, the other night we were watching, I don't know, some, some Bravo show. It was like Real Housewives of New York or something. And, uh-huh. and um, Willow said, are those Yas queens? Said, pretty, pretty much. Yes. Well, we got the same makeup artist. I tell but they you. love, they love Yas queens. And Yas so queens. we, uh, uh, I mean, and Jay, my husband, does drag yes. and is gorgeous. And yes, um, I've seen so him. I, I just, I love that they have that in their lives. And um, so, well, I mean, it's Lost also a credit. It's also a credit to parenting. You know, is that here you are at this point in your life, you get sober, which I'm still amazed that you were able to perform and do the things you were doing with drinking. I mean, I, I, I lose well, my I voice. Never, I never, ever uh, performed drunk or high. You're not pulling an Elaine Stritch was, here. You're not pulling an no, Elaine Stritch. No. <laughs> no, no. But my, my, my problem was, oh, Elaine, sweet Elaine. Oh, the best. Um, my problem was when, you know, Broadway, you know, that the, the whole environment in New York, it's such a, at, when you're done with your show, yeah. Or, or even where you Go do, have a drink. Yeah. you have so much adrenaline. Yeah, you yep. have to like blow off that steam. And so yep. I, my problem was I just didn't know when to stop. And yeah. I couldn't just have like two drinks with friends. I would have two drinks and then I would be staring at the wine <laughs> next to my friend. Like, are you going to yeah. drink that? She's not yeah. drinking that. Why isn't yeah. she drinking that? There's like, and I would obsess about it and then like think, should we get shots? And I just couldn't yeah. stop. That was all. 
So no, um, and that, but that's amazing yeah. that you were able to come to and say, "Hey, this is what this is what I need to do for myself at that time," yep. you know, and and do yep. the right thing. That, I mean, that's really commendable. And then here it is. I knew my life. Th- thank you. I, I just want to say I knew my life would never be as big as it could be unless I got unless I got booze out of my life. Booze. Wow. And wow. What was your drink of choice? What was what was your go to? <sighs> towards the end, it was uh, tequila. It, towards the end, it was just tequila on the rocks, and Ooh. I just I, I wasn't fucking around. I just yeah. wanted to like feel that warm. I also have social anxiety. I also yeah. am a natural introvert. I'm a cancer, so oh. uh, being in a big group of people and having just to, to small small talk is like I'd rather. To quote my friend Laura Benanti, I'd rather shit in my own mouth. <laughs> it's just not. Now that's it's just talent. not for me. <laughs> I actually worked so with Miss Laura. She's a good woman. Oh, she's a good woman. Yeah. She's a good woman. She's funny. She oh, she is. Show. That's what she, she needs. She's yeah. very funny. I saw that tweet that she put out the other day saying that needs to be a new television show where called Yuck, where you just go into people's houses and look at the house and go, <laughs> "This is awful." That was her tweet. I'm like, "That's a fucking brilliant idea." That is she's funny. Yeah, she's, she's a good a funny time. Bitch. Yeah, but you got rid yeah. of the liquor. You got rid of the liquor and life changed. Things became yep. clear. Things made sense. Yeah. You know, you're like, all right, I'm good and done with this. And then here you are with your husband and these two adorable kids that are, that I, mm-hmm. I see them. I mean, I'm telling you, between all of the drag queens and, and the naked people, it's so nice to see a wholesome family. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> you know, it, it brings joy. So what is that process has been like being a dad, being two dads, being, you know. It's the best it's honestly, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I, it's, I always wanted to be a dad. I just thought it wasn't going to happen for me because my ex-husband didn't want to be a dad. So I thought, yeah. well, I guess I, I missed, missed that boat. Yeah. But then when I met Jay and we both, we, I, saw, I saw myself uh, being a father with him, we just kind of decided pretty quickly because, you know, it's hard for us to get pregnant. We can't just be like, oops. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, imagine it, it, if it we is, could. Imagine. Imagine if we girl, could. Girl, girl. We yeah. love being dads. I just we just got back today from yeah. um, uh, from San Diego, and because I leave on Monday for Europe, and we just wanted to spend like three days in like a dog pile with the kids. Yes, and they are. It is the most challenging thing every day. But but when they go to bed at eight thirty, we just collapse on yeah. the couch, dead to the world. But it is so profound. The love that you feel is so profound. I that it's the only way I can describe it. It's painful. Yeah. It is um, beautiful. It is fucking hard. It yeah. is. They are mirrors of you. Mm-hmm. And and both of them have, have just strong expressed personalities, which I love. Yeah, because you know I was kind of a shy little kid, and both of my kids are like, "What? What I'll talk to you. What do you want to say?" (laughs) Yes, queen. (laughs) Yes, queen. Yes, queen. (laughs) So, no, that's um, it's pretty awesome. That's amazing. How old are they now? Hi, they'll be five in October. So they are just just over. Okay, so they they're not in school school yet, are they? Or is it? It's just preschool. They they were in preschool prior to the pandemic, and then. Everything happened, um, and then Jason's mom uh, moved in with us right before everything hit. And she lives in our guest house. We live. Oh. Uh, we have a, a great little place for her, and she became their preschool teacher. <gasps> like with Brilliant. the full, we bought a curriculum. We got yeah. the whole. I do their hair every day. <laughs> we, they literally I go to school. Yes, they walk queen. Down the steps. They go to gra- yes, queen. <laughs> and um, a year and a half in, they're 
thriving. So it's I'm brilliant. not I'm not sending them back anytime soon. I mean, it's I'm not ready yet. Yeah, uh, emotionally for them to be, um, you know, luckily they have each other. So yeah. they're not missing out on anything. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, that's so good to hear yeah. that, you know, that you're happy and you're working and you got things going on. I mean, this is, this is a good I mean, life you got. You got it all figured out. It's, it's going, it's going well. And I do love Palm Springs. I see you're in Palm uh, Springs. Well, you need to get I, out here. I just, I just was there. Uh, Jay uh-huh. and I had five days of just daddy time. We got oh, a brilliant. big old house. Yeah. And it was I mean, I get it. I get why people go out there. I'm telling you. I get why people, it is just quiet. Mm -hmm. And all you do is just sit around and you eat and you lie in the pool and Mm -hmm. you do repeat. It's brilliant. I'm telling you. I mean, the other reason why I moved here is because everybody here is old and this is the best way for me to look young, you know, because I'm I'm hitting (laughs) hitting 45. So I'm like, let me go to a place where I actually look much younger. Same age as me. See, I'm chicken here. And you know what? I'm cancer as well. I'm June 27th. What's your birthday? (gasps) Ah, July 12th. There you go. That means nothing, but yeah. Ah, interesting. <laughs> Cancer. Uh-huh. We'll yeah. have to ask Detox what that means. Yeah, we'll look on her Twitter and see what it is, and then we'll all go, okay. <laughs> yeah, you've got to do it for me once. Whenever she posts it, just go, okay, it's good. Uh, well, I can't oh, thank I you enough. Detox. I can't thank you enough for spending the time talking to me. I know you're a busy man. you got a lot going on. And I have to say that from being such a nice guy, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. I, you got the right answers. Oh, you thanks, figured babe. it out. Things are going good. And I wish you the best with Call Me Cat and the new film with all those names you dropped. Uh, uh, you know, Kate Blanchett. All right. Do you, please do me a favor. Just tell Kate Blanchett that I'm upset that Gwyneth Paltrow won the Oscar for that fucking Shakespeare movie. And she deserved it for Elizabeth. Over Elizabeth. Yes. Just, just, just let Listen. her know I'm on her side. Well, I will just tell you this. The very first time we had a Zoom table read and I was looking at, there's like, oh, there's there's Kate Blanchett with like thick black rimmed glasses and she's like basically off script. I was just like, oh, come on, come on. That's how you do it, honey. Shit. She's a star. Well, thank you for spending the time talking to me. I wish you the best. And and I I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, love. I truly appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Bye, honey. Starbands Avenue, a podcast network.